be seated. Worship team and Joe Garani, thank you so much for leading today. I love hearing the piano. So great to hear. We'll close uh, at the end of service as well. Well, take out your Bibles, if you would, with me. Um, open to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. I want to welcome our Spanish congregation that's all here and there. Good to see all of you guys. Though, um, honestly, I love seeing Dan Velada the most because he, he helped us for, boy, a good year or so, didn't you? So it's good to see you, but you're sitting. You get the rest and receive. That's good. All right. But good to see everybody. Um, let me open and start with this verse. I'm going to read it out of the New Century Version. We've been reading this verse all month long. And so you should never be tired of this verse. Uh, because it's just a start of God's word. Romans 15, 13. I pray that the God who gives hope will fill you with much joy and peace while you trust in him. Then your hope will overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's, it's on the screen. Let's all read this verse together. Ready? I pray that the God who gives hope will fill you with much joy and peace while you trust in him. Then your hope will overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. I love that fact. My title today is your hope will overflow. Well, I pray that you had a great Christmas. If you missed our Christmas Eve candlelight service, it was beautiful. One of my favorite services just to kind of settle everything in. Uh, I did want to share with you my favorite Christmas card that I received. Oh, she is here, Billy and Francis. My favorite Christmas card. I have a picture of it. In fact, the front, I always loved the wise men, but it was a pop-up card. And it popped up, and there was a little nativity scene. And as you close it, it closes, and as you open it, it goes. That was my favorite card. I wish I could frame it, but I would mess the pop-up. But it was just one of those, I loved it. Well, um, this year, as Michelle shared last week, the Hofflin family, in fact, really, my kids decided they want a dog. So we got another puppy for Christmas. So that was our Christmas gift, though we did little things along the way. So Michelle always does stockings for our family. And she usually just puts in bar soap, you know, um, shaving cream. It's all those little, you know, chewing gum, candies, those type of things. And I usually will put in hers like a, a gift card to Coffee Bean or, you know, so, something like that. Well, this year, I guess because I was thinking, you know, we got the dog, I didn't stick anything in her stocking. And so on Christmas morning when everybody went through their stockings, I have a picture, Michelle went through hers, Hers was empty, <laughs> except when she opened her stocking, in there was a wrapped up HDMI cord, about a 10 foot long cord that somebody, I didn't do it, I didn't stick a cord, right, in her stocking. And so um, anyway, it's probably one of those Christmases never to forget that Michelle received a anonymous HDMI cord. I said, those always come in handy. <laughs> Maybe it was on, on, on purpose that you do it. But uh, we pray that you had a great Christmas. And as we come into uh, this new year, that Romans 15, 13, you would con continue to experience 
the overflow of his hope. Now, when I look at this verse, it says that we would be filled with joy and peace. This is the prayer of the Apostle Paul, that you would be filled with joy and with peace. In fact, um, hope would overflow not by your power or your enthusiastic ability, but it's going to overflow by what? By the power of the Holy Spirit. We defined uh, biblical hope as an expectation of good. One of the other uh, Greek meanings is a confident expectation or a biblical hope desires and expects God to do something. It will happen. We see that throughout the Old Testament. There was a hope. David talked about to hope in the Lord. We use the wording hope as, well, I hope it happens. We use it as uncertainty. That's not how the Bible uses it. The Bible uses it as expecting something. We are expecting his promises to come about. In fact, where it says in the New Century Version, overflow, actually the Greek word is the word to abound. Yet the uh, word abound means to be over and above and to overflow. So if my hope is abounding, that means it's uh, over and above. It's overflowing by the power of the Holy Spirit. So let me say this over us today, that your hope will overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, I wanted to show you, in fact, we have the kids here, so I thought I'd share a story from a couple years ago. Our very first December here at the church, 2015, I believe it was before our first musical, we had those rains that year, it rained and rained and rained and rained, and our Johnson Chapel overflowed with water. We have a picture to throw up on here. I don't know if you can really see it in that image, but it was a, a flood. I remember it was raining so hard, and we didn't know that the courtyard drain was backed up, and the water kept coming and coming and coming. Ernie went and got his wet back. I ran to go get um, some sandbags. And I threw as many sandbags as I could get in my truck in a short period of time, came back, and the water was already coming into Johnson Chapel. And so we lined up with sandbags by the glass doors, yet the water kept going and went over the sandbags and went into Johnson Chapel. I went and got more sandbags to button up, and the water went up and over in that way. Thank God it finally stopped because I ran out and got a bilge pump to be able to pump the water out. So it overflowed out and about. Some of you might not even have known that. And it was a mess, and we thank God nothing was ruined. It was so much water that our Johnson Chapel was full of worms. In fact, I have a picture. One of them was trying to get out. There was so much water, it was trying to get out of the door. So I use that as an example that the Scripture talks about your hope would overflow. It would abound. It would be up and over. But when I read Galatians 5 and I read about the fruit of the Spirit and I read love, joy, peace, you know, I don't read hope. But I read jo love, joy, and peace. Well, in our verse, God who gives hope will fill you with much joy and peace. Joy and peace are part of that fruit of the Spirit. 
In fact, we know that that is put in by the Holy Spirit, so we are to naturally operate in a joy of the Lord. We are to naturally have the peace of God as we understand the fruit of the Spirit, but hope is built up within you. Hope is something that you get encouraged by the Holy Spirit. In fact, we're also encouraged in the scripture to build ourselves up. Encourage yourself. Do you ever talk to yourself? Do you usually talk down to yourself? Look at that hairstyle. Did you get a two-for-one special? No. We, we'll talk down. No, encourage yourself. David, the Bible says, encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Part of that love, joy, and peace, it's placed in you. We're, we're to nurture that. It's, it's on the inside. But hope is something that we build up according to God's word. In fact, uh, I read this the other day. It was a quote anonymous. If you want to hear God's voice, read the Bible. If you want to hear the audible voice of God, read the Bible out loud. <laughs> if you want to hear the, God's voice, read the Bible. If you want to hear the audible voice, read the Bible out loud. It's, it's sure. It's what in, encourages us, strengthens our faith. It's, it's what the Holy Spirit will use to allow that hope to overflow. You know, David wrote a couple things. Uh, in fact, let me read Psalm 43, 5. David said this, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance as my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Well, that's a great word as he writes it and sings it, but it's a great word as he says it personally. Why are you cast down? Put your what? Put your hope in God. Put that confidence in God. In fact, I like how the, uh, the Passion Translation says it. It says it this way. Then I will say to my soul, don't be discouraged. Don't be disturbed. For I fully expect my Savior God to break through for me. Then I'll have plenty of reasons to praise him all over again. Yes, living before his face is my saving grace. Don't be discouraged. Don't be disturbed. For I fully expect my Savior God to break through for me. In fact, let's say that one part. Ready? I fully expect my Savior God to break through for me. Hope overflowing leads us to that breakthrough. Now, the Bible does say, in fact, as we looked at that verse, the prayer of Paul was hope, joy, peace, and hope to overflow. That's his prayer. Hope, joy, peace, and hope to overflow. The word joy, if we were to translate it through the Bible, means rejoicing and gladness. Because we usually don't say, hey, uh, how are you doing today, Maverick? Oh, I'm, I'm having joy. That's not what you usually say. But you might say, you know, I, I'm really glad today. I'm experiencing, and I, I'm really, really happy. Well, joy is that something on the inside, in fact, that is translated, it's rejoicing. It's gladness. It's something that comes out of you. You can't make it up. You can't fake joy. 
You can try to fake it, but you can't fake it. But it's something that comes uh, from within you. Experiencing joy is that part of every season that the Christian should walk in. Regardless of a circumstance, you have joy in you. You have the peace in you. Regardless of your circumstance, you have to know that you have that joy on the inside of you. It's been given by God. You have the peace on the inside of you. It's been given by God. Nehemiah, in the midst of everything he was going through, said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. His strength wasn't in his ability to build what he was building. His strength and his joy was found in the Lord. When Jesus was born, the angels announced good tidings of great joy. In Luke uh, chapter 7, the Pharisees accused Jesus of being too joyful. You're eating and drinking with the sinners? His joy was to be around people. They were out after him because of his joy. In Luke chapter 10, it tells us that Jesus was filled with joy from the Holy Spirit. In John 15, 11, Jesus prayed and spoke to them and say, I pray that my joy remains with you. Of all of the things that he could have prayed for, he wanted to pray that my joy remains with you. Through all of what Jesus experienced, through attacking him when he taught, from healing people on the Sabbath, for trying to find just the whatever word he said to twist it, for going out after him to try to get his life early, his prayer was that my joy would remain with you. In fact, he says again in John 16, 24, until now you have asked nothing. Ask and you will receive, and here's what he says again, that your joy will be full. Over and over in the scripture, we're talking, we're seeing the joy. As Jesus said, there's more joy in heaven when one sinner on earth repents. There's joy that takes place, that gladness. So is the joy of the Lord your strength in the season that you're currently in? Oh, got real quiet. Well, let me rephrase it. Allow the joy of the Lord to be your strength in the very season that you're in. You know, many times you sit there and nobody knows what's going on. But here's what we know. The joy of the Lord can be your strength in the season that you're in. It's all about perspective. If Jesus could pray, allow my joy to be with you, we can all say that the joy of the Lord is my strength. The apostles would rejoice and be in joy as they were beaten and thrown into the prisons. This is the greatest day of my life. I got beat up and thrown in prison. Isn't this awesome? Are you bleeding? Oh, yeah, I'm really bleeding. They counted it worthy to be, but there was that joy. They couldn't stop the joy that was in. They commanded them not to preach about Jesus. And they preached anyways. They couldn't stop that joy that was in them. You know, and many times we can. There's reality checks. Job prayed. In fact, he said, I wish I was never born. Job said those words. 
David in the Bible and Psalms wanted to have wings like a dove to fly away to get away from his problems. In Elijah, who was fresh off of the battle of defeating the 450 prophets of Baal, later ran and then prayed that God would take his life. So we see over and over again, even, even in the Bible, uh, men and women of God that had moments where they wish they weren't there. But many times if you read on, their whole reality switches when they begin to get their eyes off of themselves and they get back on the hope of God's promises. And as we've been reading, that that hope would begin to overflow. Living in the joy and peace of God will ignite your hope. But it's where and how that you're living. So I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, one of the things that we're going to mention about Bible reading for this year. You know, the Bible lets us see great men and women of God that needed to stay focused in every season of life. Instead of being focused on their difficulties, their circumstances, and their situations that rob us of joy, we've learned to stay focused on the Lord and his promises. You know, I could go, I, if I had the time, I could go through all of these places in the Bible that people got off focus, and yet at some point they realized it and they got back on focus of the Lord. David's one of our great examples because he's so honest about what he's going through. Yet he always turns and comes back because he knows that God is his strength and God is his hope. So that's what the Bible does. We get to watch and read what people went through and how they focused back on God. And as we read those things, we see our very lives play out the very same way. In fact, it was Solomon that said there's nothing new under the sun. Right? There's nothing new. There's nothing, not a new problem. It's all been the same. And I, and I remember that we started out service reading Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of God, looking unto who? Jesus, our focus has to be looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher. Well, he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the one that we look through. In fact, as we go on and we look in that verse, for the joy that was set before him. The joy of knowing you're going to the cross is not joy. The shame that he had to endure is not something joyful, but he understood that going through it he could redeem your life back from destruction. It was a joy to him that you would receive him. In fact, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul writes this, and he makes this personal. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I love how he makes that personal. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer how I live. 
I don't live the same way that I lived. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Gave it all up. So we're to focus. If we want hope to overflow, it's all about our focus, what we look at. So I want to um, encourage you this year as we start off fresh that we as a church dedicate ourselves to reading the word of God, that it becomes life to those that find it. You know, I was, I was thinking back, happened to me this morning, I needed to print out one other thing and my computer let me know that my ink was low in my printer. Thank you very much, right? I have to go buy one of those ridiculous expensive cartridges you know, to put in. But it let me know that my ink was low. My phone now, on, because of an update, lets me know every Sunday how much screen time I've had. It'll say you've been up or you've been down to let you know screen time. My car will let me know by a maintenance light when I need to do an oil change if I'm not looking at the sticker. It lets me know when it's time for an oil change. You know, there's so many things that we have now that let us know. You'll get an email from your bank to let you know that you've gone below a certain amount. You get a, a notification that your credit, you've gone below a certain amount. We have everything like that, but we have nothing spiritual that lets us know, hey, you're a little bit low in your spiritual ink. Amen. Right? You need a spiritual oil change. Your screen time in your Bible says you were down this week. <laughs> it doesn't say that, does it? The most difficult person that you will deal with and interact with in 2019 is yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, I know, you're very difficult. <laughs> wow. The person that needs the most work in your life, in your family, who you work with, in all of your relationships is who? Me. And only you can work on you, but you're not working on yourself alone. You have the power of the Holy Spirit to help to do the work on the inside of you. You know, uh, I love those um, sayings that they do. In fact, when I had traveled this summer, uh, now on the planes, all of, all of the flight attendants announcements are on, on your screen. But one of, the, one of the thing they tell you, if the cabin loses pressure, the oxygen mask will drop. But you're not to help put it on the person next to you like you think you should. They tell you to put it on yourself first. And after putting it on yourself, you put it on the person next to you. Now that seems pretty sad if you're traveling with kids, right? Hang on, buddy, just hang, just don't breathe. Hey, let me adjust, let me adjust this. A little bit more, hang on, right? Okay, your turn. That sounds sad, doesn't it? Because normally we think it's women and children first. No, they want you to do it first. Because you're no help if you don't take care of you. You can't help anybody else unless you take care of you. Take care of you. I'm not talking about your exercise and all of the things that people normally do. I'm talking about your spirit life which is the beginning, it's the core of who you are. Out of that, 
everything else will begin to flow. But don't give up. And it doesn't give you a light to let you know that you're down. It doesn't alert you that you need an oil change or that you need a pastoral phone call. But it's something on the inside. If you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, he's the one that's going to remind you. He's the one that's going to be speaking to you. You know, and, and I read this and I said this for years and years. A habit takes 21 days to form. Right. But I found out this year that's not true. It takes three to nine months because it's rewiring your brain. Anybody can do anything for 21 days. It's day 22 that's the challenge. <laughs> but it takes three to nine months to develop a lifelong habit because it changes the way that you think and the way that you act. You're rewiring your thinking. You know, years ago, uh, and by family, we, we use this uh, every once in a while. I was watching a national, the guy that was running the National Guard for Hurricane Katrina. All of these reporters were asking him questions, and he answered everything that he could. And a reporter kept pushing, and he said these words to the reporter. You know, tough National Guard guy, are you stuck on stupid? He said it to the reporter. <laughs> I think the guy answered again. He said again, are you stuck on stupid? Now, stupid, kids, I'm sorry. When we were, when our kids, that was a bad word. That was the S word. <laughs> and you couldn't say the S word, stupid, uh, in the house. Can I say sometimes we get stuck on stupid? Stuck. And yet this year, my prayer is that your hope will over flow because this is the year we don't get stuck this is the year we run the race this is the year that we continue to move forward you know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and getting the exact same results so let's not be stuck on stupid and let's not be insane uh, tell your neighbor don't be stuck on stupid in <laughs> Now, don't slap the person next to you if that offended you. So I want to encourage you, um, if you didn't get a chance to open the email, uh, I do want to encourage you that this year as a church, I think one of the things that's most profound is that we take time and we read through our Bible this entire year. In fact, on Sundays, I'm going to be going back through and looking through the Old Testament men and women of God, that their hope overflowed, that they struggled and they gave up, but you know what they kept doing? They kept per persevering because they began to know who their God was. And they overcame. In fact, that's what I was reading when we were reading through Hebrews, Hebrews 11. And all of those people that are mentioned in there that didn't have the Lord Jesus on the inside of them, that didn't have a, a, an organized church of people to encourage them. They were following a God that gave them a word and they made so many different mistakes along the way that we can look at so that we don't repeat that. But they kept trusting and believing God and growing and growing in him, following his voice, going back to what he said. So I want to encourage you this year that as we do the one-year Bible, you can find it on Bible.com. Uh, which is also you version. If you click on the plans, 
you can go to the one-year chronological Bible. And every day it has your reading set up. In fact, we'll start off January 1st in Genesis, reading through Genesis. It's organized so as you read through that certain Bible events are placed in the calendar certain periods of time to read it. You can also go to the oneyearbibleonline.com, but make sure you click on chronological reading plan. There's English, there's Spanish, there's Chinese, there's French, there's Italian, there's all different languages that are on there that you can find out and, and read. In fact, Lifeway, many of us um, know of Lifeway uh, Bible Bookstore. Lifeway did a 10-year study of people that were reading the Bible. And interesting enough, they found this. Bible reading was the number one spiritual discipline for growth. If you want to grow in the Lord, and many of us read other books, attend classes, attend conference, all of these things, the number one way that you can spiritually grow, and it seems so simple, but it's reading your Bible, right? Reading your Bible. The other one they found out that Bible reading affects every other discipline. So if I want to be disciplined in any area of my life, I go back to God's word, which is the truth, the substance. You know, Maverick and I, and, and I wouldn't say it was every day that we went to school, but pretty much four of the five days or five we would listen to the Bible reading that day on, on Audible, listening to it. But I learned this. Me, I have to read it. I have to listen to it. Because just listening to it driving, I'm not paying attention. The best way to do it is quiet, taking time. Finding your time to do it. That it becomes something, not a religious, legal thing to do. I checked off my list today. Right? Do I get a ribbon on Sundays because I checked off? No, it's because it's life to those that find it. It's health to your flesh. What if I said we'll grow more this year inside just by reading God's word than anything else that you do? It seems so simple, but it's a discipline. I love when I read that says, in fact, I just heard a report this last week. Um, I believe it was the Germans did a study that found that people can um, not get type 2 diabetes just from eating breakfast every morning. And it was fueling yourself at the beginning of the day. Boy, I thought about that. Our days, you know, the challenges that we face and the things, we need to fuel ourselves at the beginning of our days. To listen into the voice of the Lord. To listen to what he's saying. For him to direct ourselves. To read through and to watch people that went through the exact same things that we're going from. But they learned to look to the Lord. And yet Hebrews tells you, I want you this year to look to Jesus. I want you to be focused this year. You know, I don't know all of the things that happened in your life in 2018, but does anybody want to repeat 2018 and 2019? <laughs> Somebody in the back, yeah. Like, no. Let's come out beginning of the year in God's word, listening to his voice, encouraging one another, sending somebody a text, somebody an email, getting a hold of them 
because it is life to those that find it and health to our flesh. Bow your heads if you would with me today. Lord, I pray today that our hope, that confident expectation will overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I, I thank you that in reading your word and in the, in the disciplines of being a disciple of yours, that I'm not alone, that I don't walk this journey alone. I have your Holy Spirit on the inside of me leading and guide me. And I'm told that this is a joy, that your word is a joy to me. It's a joy. It's life. It's not something cumbersome. It's life. So, Father, we intentionally enter into this new year with life and that much more abundantly found in you. Lord, I pray the challenges that we face this year, we are going to see it differently because we put our face in the word of God. And when we look into the word of God, it's the word of God that's looking into us. It's working in our hearts. It's, it's looking at, it's correcting the way that we see things and how we react. And I pray, Lord, that we overflow in the confident hope in you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. Before we close in a song, I ended up for this year, I'm reading a different Bible translation. So I'm going with uh, English Standard Version, which is very similar to New King James, to challenge myself differently. And I want to encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, and I know that many people do, there's so many things we do electronically, and I, I am in that rut, but there's something to me about having my Bible about feeling its pages, about knowing where to turn. In fact, anytime I'm noticing now you can't find Bibles that don't have, they all come with the indexed, right? That's cheating, yeah. <laughs> right? That's cheating. I want to know when I spin it that I'm going right to Psalms, right? Or you know, I, I go right to Genesis. I know where Genesis is, and I go right to Revelation. No, I want to read. I'm going to read a different translation. I want to challenge, you know, myself not to rely, I can, most verses that I read, I can stop at one point because I've read them over and over, but I'm going to challenge myself this year to read it from a different perspective that God would open my eyes and my heart. I'm going to challenge you this year. You know, read it this year, right? There's always something about a new year that we get to start over, but we don't know what God is going to do, but here's what we know. He's already there. He's just waiting on us to follow. Well, stand with me if you would. We're going to close uh, in a song today before Michelle comes up. I pray, though, that you're encouraged, that your hope overflows, that you have a, a hunger for his word like never before this year in Jesus' name. Just for a second, singing that song reminds me to remind you can you, for just a quick second, can you give God glory for what he did do in 2018? Thank you, Lord. When we were in a pit, you pulled us out. Lord, when there was no finances, you provided. Father, when we needed jobs, you found a way to get us a job. Will you, 
Come on, people. That's sorry. Get it together and praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, you're good. You are faithful. You're never ending. You are faithful from here to eternity. You will come through just as you did in 2018. You will come through in 2019. Can I get an amen? Amen. People, I am telling you, going into 2019, we need to get it together. We need to get a little umption in our gumption. We're a bit too quiet in this place. I'm telling you, we are a bit too quiet in this house. If heaven gets excited, I think here on First Avenue we should. I don't know what just came over me because it wasn't like this two seconds ago. But I'm telling you, it is time to get excited. If you are expecting something in 2019, then act like it. Act like it. We read in Psalm 43, verse 5 this morning. It says, you are the help of my countenance and my God. Will you tell your face to get excited? <laughs> when you look in the mirror, tell yourself to get excited. God ain't done with you. If you've got breath, he ain't done. Tell your neighbor he ain't done with you. He ain't done. I might have a scratchy voice, but I got one. And he ain't done. He's not done with this place. The doors aren't shut. He's not done with you. He's got good things in store for 2019. Amen. And I am telling you, one of the things I want to encourage you with, do you see this book? When I hand out bulletins on Sunday morning, I want to find Bibles in your hands. It is not the book that sits on a coffee table it's not the book that sits on a nightstand. If we're going to read the word, you need to bring the word. Amen? Amen? Start bringing your Bibles. We might do what we do in kids' church, and it's called sword drills. And we might start asking, can you raise your sword? Because you know what? You don't go to class without your books. I think it's time to start coming to church with them. Amen? Are you ready for 2019? Because I am, I am believing God for the impossible in a few areas. And I'm telling you, if he's been faithful in the past, he'll be faithful in 2019. Amen? Amen. Let's sing that one more time. To God.